sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box. A hard cross. McBride scores. It's 3-0 United States. Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. So much to get to today. We are going to go all over the board as we near the World Cup. So uh, are you still about, what, 12 days away from that or ten. roughly 10 days away? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's here, man. Let's give you the plan for the show, and then we're going to give you the World Cup plan again. Then we might talk about something totally unrelated to all of that, which is a beer. So more on that in a second. Uh, we are going to talk on the show about the crew. We're going to get into a little bit about their head coaching situation, where things stand as of right now. Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> Announce Tuchel, you mm-hmm. cowards. Uh, so we'll get into that. U.S. men's national team, we just talked about it. World Cup's coming up. The final roster for the U.S. men's national team has been announced, and Burhalter pulled a couple surprises on everybody. So we will talk a little bit about that. Uh, and we're also going to get into Champions League discussion. That'll be kind of the first thing we get into today. Now, on today's podcast, we're not going to go too in-depth on national team stuff with the U.S. men's national team because next week is World Cup preview podcast extravaganza week. Yeah. Brace so we, yourselves. We have... As of the recording of this podcast, we have recorded all of our group podcast. We have we've done group previews for every single group in the World Cup. So we've gone through eight of them. We've done like a 20 minute or so podcast for each one of those groups. Those will be out as soon as possible. Maybe by the end of the weekend, no later than Monday. You will find those in your inbox. Unless you're passed out at Zaftig. Right. Right. Then then I don't know where you'll find them at that point. Um, but that, so we will have all those coming out early next week. Then next week on normal podcast day and Friday, we will have our U S national team preview come out. I believe on Thursday mm-hmm. and or our Wednesday world, or, or Thursday. whatever, Wednesday, or Thursday, whenever they're in your inbox, they'll be when there. We release them. So what you will have by, so let's say Saturday morning, a you know, Saturday morning, the day before the world cup starts, November 19th, you get up and say, I want all the previews of the world cup ever. You are going to have U.S. men's national team preview, full breakdown of like what we think they're capable of, who's playing, why they're playing, why they shouldn't be playing, who left off, all that crap. We'll get into that. We will get into a full World Cup preview, and we will have su- like single group stage previews as well for you. Yes, group A eight through of H. Them. That is 10 if you're keeping count. Ten By the time the next Saturday yes. rolls around. Yes. So that means next week there will be no like regular podcast because we're going to do all that stuff instead. And then the weeks following – Every day of the World Cup, starting with the first game on the 20th on Sunday, we're going to have a little wrap-up podcast It won't be long. It'll be 10, 15 minutes about what happened in the World Cup. Preview the next day as well. Sometimes it'll be both me and Beam. Sometimes it'll be just Beam. Sometimes it'll be just me. But every day you'll have something. If you're just looking for 10 or 20 minutes of discussion about the World Cup from what just happened, that'll be every morning, at least through the group stage, we will do that. And then we'll get back to a more regular schedule with the World Cup. So... That's a little podcast business out of the way. And, of course, if you get all that confused and you're like, I don't remember what's going on when, just go to at United on Twitter, and we will have it posted, like what's there, when it's there, all that stuff. Also, you could just subscribe to the podcast wherever you get this podcast. Just hit subscribe or follow or whatever, and then you'll get all those podcasts just show up right there in your podcast player. All good. And leave us a review and tell us how stupid we are. That's right. 
Um, the last thing we'll say, and then we'll get into all the soccer stuff. USA IPA. It is out now. Our beer from Zaftig. That beer has our faces on it. It has the Bone and Beam United logo on it. It has Zaftig's logo on it. It is in stores, Giant Eagle stores in Columbus in that area. If you live in Columbus and you listen to us in Columbus, you can go to Giant Eagle stores and find it. Or you can be guaranteed to find it when you go to Zaftig Italian Village where Beam is. Actually, he's he's leaving I've now to in. go there. Yeah, right. That's just right where he's headed. I've after left this. my wife. When My you're pregnant listening, wife and I have moved to Zaftig. No joke. If you're listening to this on a weekend, it's a good chance Beam is at Zaftig. Like Correct. there's like 90% chance that's where he Unless is. I have to work. Right. <laughs> if you're not working, he's at Zaftig. Right. So, uh, but you can find the USA IPA there. It's delicious. It is malty. It is hoppy. It is mm. all things. It's one of the best IPAs it's I've crisp. ever had. It's crisp. It's a very crisp yeah. beer. It was really good. I had I had one at work yesterday. Good. And they had I a had couple six people, at work I had before my show. I had a couple people staring at me and I'm like, hey, my face is on the beer. I'm say I want to taste it Product and have testing. enjoy it so I can know what it is. And I'm like, but you're at work. And I'm like, yeah, but this is my job. Look, my face is on beer. What do you want me to do? <laughs> all right. So hashtag blessed, by the way. Uh, there you go. Um, so that's all the business stuff out of the way, all the podcast stuff out of the way. Now let's get to the soccer. Champions League. We got the draw. It feels like a month ago. When I know. What happened. was that? And that was just on Monday morning. Yeah, yeah. I know. But uh, so we didn't have that last soccer podcast day, but now we do. So let's talk about it. First of all, congratulations to Beamer for being uh, a Nostra dumbass, I guess. Because he, <laughs> yeah. he totally predicted it. And spot on by you. You said last podcast, PSG and Bayern Munich are probably going to draw each other because PSG got the the undercard. Yeah, they bid. screwed they themselves. Yes, they did. Is what they did. And Bayern Munich is a. Uh, one of the dominant teams as of this group stage. So now in the knockout round, one of the two giants of the tournament yeah. is going to be out. So that is certainly one to keep an eye on. That will be a lot of fun to watch. That should be a great matchup, but I have my money on Bayern Munich, if I'm honest. Yeah. So if you go back to the tournament two years ago, remember they were in the knockout rounds and Bayern Munich got eliminated actually by PSG on penalties. Yeah. Germans don't forget things. I know they have international you know, players on their team who are not German, but they seem to identify uh, that German workman's, works, worksmanship kind of attitude and meaning. And I saw Thomas Muller, which is one of the scariest videos I've seen on Twitter in a long time. He's speaking French, and he's like walking through the streets of Munich, and there's bells tolling in the background. And he's like, you know, PSG, allez, allez, allez. Au revoir. And I'm just like, oh, God, that's oh God. if I was a PSG fan, oh God. I would be terrified. I mean, it was the Grim Reaper coming for you. I called it last week. They did themselves a huge disservice. PSD did PSG did. They disappointed yet again in the group stage. And here you go. You're rewarded with a home and away trip against Bayern Munich, who, again, you beat two years ago on penalties. So that team very, very motivated this year coming into the knockout rounds. Yeah. I uh, I am thinking that will be one of the ones you want to circle to watch because that's going to be a really fun match to see. By the way, all these games, if you're not aware of what is going on and how it is going to impact the schedule. Now, remember, we've got World Cup coming in here. That will take you until the middle of December. Domestic leagues get fired back up literally like two days before Boxing Day. All right. So yeah. like six days after the World Cup final, they're already playing Premier League games. And then you go through January and middle of February until these games are being played. So at least there is a little bit of layoff between well, the go. World Cup now and then to get to these games. So round of 16, leg one, 
We just said PSG and Bayern. That's the first game. It is on Valentine's Day. Perfect. We haven't even gotten to Thanksgiving, and we're already talking about games that are not going to happen until Valentine's Day. So you want to talk about a compressed schedule to get this one in after that. I mean, you are not going to see these games played for four months. Yeah. Who knows what the injury situations will be like for these teams? Who knows who comes out? You might have guys who get injured in the World Cup bow out early, whatever, and then are back and healthy enough right. to get back and play for these teams. So, yeah, just keep in mind all these games, leg one of two starts for PSG Bayern February 14th, and then they won't play the second leg until March. So it's, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a while till these games get settled, but at least we know when they are. And, uh, yeah, let's run through the rest of them. I'll be closing in on having a child by that point. My gosh, you will. Yeah, We'll be that far close. along. Wow. Good for you. Um, all right. Terri- it's terrifying. <laughs> I'm trying not to say too much. I don't want to freak you out. It's <laughs> great. You, it's all you. fun. It's definitely, you'll get a lot I'm of sleep. I'm definitely not you, having anxiety about you'll, that. You'll get a lot of sleep. It's fine. I no, told you, no I uh, I had a conversation with neighbor Eric the other day, and just on this front real quick. And yeah. obviously Eric and I share a driveway, so he sees me coming in. He's like, are you okay? Like, what's what's going on? And I like, I had this look like I had just seen a ghost. And I'm like, yeah, man. I just, like, I think I blacked out while driving. Not that I was, you know, doing anything. I'm like, I was just thinking about all of the possibilities and everything of like being a dad. And it was like a really weird thing. I'm like, I need to get my shit together. <laughs> kind of like a, ba- like a, like a, a talk to myself. I'm like, you need to lock it up, man. Cause mm-hmm. you're going to have yeah. to change your, your ways over the next couple of months. And he starts laughing at me. He's like, well, I've never been in that situation, but I can imagine what it's like. I'm like, well, T-Bone makes it sound like all roses and sunshine ah. and fun. So I'm sure it'll be the same for me. If I'm honest, I still have moments like every day where I'm like, I got to get my shit together. And it's like, I got three kids. <laughs> my, one of my kids is like People closing have been on doing junior it high. For millennia. Yeah. Yeah. I think every parent feels like that. Probably. I think my parents probably are like, I got to get my shit together. My kid's almost 40 or my kid <laughs> is 40. It's like, yeah, you should mom and dad. You really should. Um, all right, so let's rest the Champions League real quick. Uh, we'll just run through all of these. The other highlight matches for me, so we said PSG, Bayern Munich. Uh, I do think, obviously, the Liverpool-Real Madrid draw is pretty intriguing okay. as well. And Liverpool exercise the demons. Yeah, I don't can know. they? We'll see. That's uh, certainly a big rematch there. And then uh, the Pulisic Bowl, if you the will. The Tuchel Bowl. Yeah, the Tuchel Bowl as well. Borussia Dortmund and Chelsea take each other on. Uh, that'll be pretty interesting. Other notable matchups, RB Leipzig versus Manchester City, AC Milan with Tottenham, Eintracht Frankfurt. We talked about their feel-good story last week. Uh, they take on Napoli, Inter Milan versus Porto, and Club Bruges takes on Benfica. It's going to be a banger. Of, uh, well, I think it's going to be a great game, and you have to feel good for the fans of both of those teams yeah, are probably awesome. looking at that going, we locked out. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't get Manchester City. We didn't get you know all these big boy clubs. PSG, we could Bayern, PSG, Real Bayern. Madrid. We we avoided all that, and instead now we've got a chance to go into the round of eight with some confidence. One of them is going to emerge from that, and they're going to have confidence. And they're going to find something, and they're going to convince themselves like, yeah, whoever we play, we can beat. And that's a great story. So I'm excited about watching that. So that'll be really cool. Speaking of Liverpool, by the way, they are for sale. Mm-hmm. I saw Jurgen Klopp said he's going to stick with the team no matter what. Which if he's not fired. I was going to say, I don't know if he's that's not a, fired. I mean, he I mean, obviously I would, gets a lifetime, I not maybe not going a lifetime to be, but, exemption. But. Well, but a new owner might be like, well, that was good. What have you done for me? I'm I'm the new guy here or the new gal. I'm the new ownership. I don't, I don't care about any of that. But interesting that Liverpool being sold and their ownership group is selling for a weird reason, right? Yeah, so 
at least this is my interpretation of the situation. Maybe it's a tinfoil hat out of me. I have no idea. If you're not following anything commanders or anything national sports here in the U.S., and if you don't follow um, you know, anything that goes on in the NFL, stick with me, Eric. You're going to make through it. I'll explain it rather quickly. <laughs> so Dan Snyder, he owns an NFL team called the Washington Commanders. All right, Washington football team. And he's in some hot water right now, and he is looking to sell his franchise. All right, if you're asking yourself why does that matter to what's going on with Liverpool, here's my theory on it. Uh, so Fenway Sports Group, who owns the who owns Liverpool, they own the Boston Red Sox as well. Well, the Boston Red Sox owner apparently is rumored to be interested in buying the Washington Commanders, which is an NFL team. So the way that I've interpreted it, Bone, is that well, we're gonna lever, you know, while Liverpool's good economically right now, we know how fluid a situation that can be year in year out you start to struggle all of a sudden overspend on players we're not getting a return on investment we're missing out on champions league poof that money can be gone uh, already after you've spent it so uh, my interpretation of this was that boston red sox owner who also owns a part of fenway sports group and owns liverpool has said why would i want to do this with liverpool anymore when i can get into owning an nfl team which again jeff bezos is rumored to be interested in well as well so i already own a team in the states it's going to be good for me that's my theory on the situation i don't know if that's yeah. how that's actually playing out but I'm going to get in from my my billionaire boys club uh, with owning a Premier League team to now a serious billionaire boys club in the NFL with 32 of the wealthiest people across the United States. Yeah, which just my take on that is how disappointing. Like that you you would want to ditch a great franchise and great team, not a franchise, but you know an organization like Liverpool, which is so much history, so much awesomeness to it, and then you want to do that so you can become the owner of a team that just had to rename themselves for the second time right. in like five years and doesn't have a good like i know it's the i know it's all about the money they don't of care course. about but but like the nfl makes a lot of money liverpool makes a lot of i mean you're you're if you're buying one of these teams you already make a lot of money i don't know what i don't know what the concern is i did i, I did find it to be interesting uh as far as they, they go the liverpool sale and liverpool fans you can tweet at us at bone beam united um, for years and years and years, Liverpool has prided themselves on like, well, we're not, you know, in the oil money and every like any time that a Premier League team goes up for sale, like that's probably going to be uh, first choice, I would imagine. Like, you know, I mean, we've seen it with City. We just saw it uh, with Newcastle as well. New ownership, right? Coming in uh, and doing everything and just be like, oh, we have so much money. We're just going to come in. PSG kind of kickstarted that whole thing. Right. Um, with the, the war chest that they have as finances go. And I'd just be interested to hear from Liverpool fans your perspective on the team sale and what are you expecting? And you've prided yourself as a team. Like we don't spend a lot, but we're very good. And obviously you've had a Renaissance under Jurgen Klopp. Well, like, well, well, air quotes, don't spend a lot. Well, I mean, they spend yeah, a lot compared that, to 99% of, that, of 90% of teams. All out of there. that is in relativity yeah, to right. don't spend a lot. Like they're not spending a billion having a billion dollars in wage bills like city or Manchester United throwing money out the window. Like they're actually getting players that matter and play good minutes for them. Right. So I would just be I get interested. what you're saying. I, for I, the I, level they are, they could they could have spent a lot more money than they have. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that they don't spend any money. Of course they do. What do they buy Darwin Nunez for? Like ninety million pounds? Yeah, like they, right. they, I mean, they, they obviously they're like, in that world. Yes, they're in the world of the upper echelon in the elite. But I would just want to hear from Liverpool fans, like, what are you expecting to happen with this move? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Like I, I don't I, I don't know. I yeah. mean, if my would, team, if, if if the Glazers came out and said we're selling today, I'd be doesn't matter. You're doesn't thrilled. matter who comes in. So yeah. I just their perspective because it seems like ownership has been pretty good since they took over. Yeah, agreed. So I'm not I'm not sure what 
the Liverpool fans think, but we'd love to hear from you. At Bone Beam United, let us know. Uh, that's a really good discussion, and I enjoy that. Uh, we're also going to talk here, U.S. men's national team. Like I said, we're not going to get too in-depth, but the roster has been finalized. Some of the surprises from this one, uh, Zach Steffen left off of the goalkeeping mm-hmm. sheet. He is not going to make the trip to Cutter. Matt Turner from Arsenal has usually been him and Stefan kind of locked in a battle for that starting spot when both are healthy. And then Zach went to Middlesbrough to try to get more minutes. The thinking was, well, yeah, he's going to go to Borough. He's going to play more. He's going to boost his chance or boost his chances to be the starter. Not only is he not the starter, he's not going. Right. Uh, the other two goaltenders that are going with them are Luton Towns, Ethan Horvath, and Sean Johnson from New York City FC. So Greg Berhalter was asked about this. Obviously, he and Stefan go way back to their days with the crew. And Greg said, in some of the cases, it's more about what we have than what we don't have. Which is one of those, like, zen philosophical things like, what that Berhalter mean? says. Like, what does that, that mean? Right. It's like, I know in his head he knows what he means, but just such a nothing vapid sentence from him. Where, vapid? Good yeah, word. Where he says. What does with, that mean? It's just empty. It's void of anything. It's it's like I, I it's just it's it's of the ether. It's just in the air. That's just, just a plus word. I think that's what vapid means. I'll look it up. Anyway, you keep talking. I'll look it up. <laughs> with here's what here's what Burhalter said. He elaborated on this. He told this to ESPN. With three goalkeepers listed on the roster, we feel great. Feel really good about it. We saw a lot of progress with Matt Turner in this last six months. We know Ethan Hor- Ethan Horvath has been competing at a good level in Luton in the championship, and Sean Johnson has been a mainstay in this group since day one. Well, he's been a mainstay. So has Zach Steffen. Like, right. that's not yeah. – I, like, I don't mean to argue with Berhalter. Like, I at do. the end of the day, he wants what he wants, and that's up to him. I'm just saying this idea – I get – look, if you don't have confidence in Zach Steffen because you think at times Zach Steffen lets in some howlers of goals, he is capable of making ridiculous saves, tremendous saves. He is not nearly as consistent as I would like to see him be – that is fine if that's your criticism, but this idea of like, well, and Sean Johnson's just been here, so he's going. And it's like, okay, yeah, but I mean, you were the all, you were the one that put him here. And by the way, Sean Johnson, awesome. Yeah, he's played, great. he played a great season. Yes, Sean Johnson, awesome. I have no problem with you taking him. I'm just pointing out this whole thing with, just say what you want to say. Like, I maybe he's just trying to be nice about it, but you don't think Stefan's as good as these other three. That's the real. But it's it's kind of surprising. And I guess this does go to the to the Burhalter critics who are like, oh, he's just going to pick all his buddies. And he always, you know, Jossie Zardes always gets a look because he played for him in Columbus. It's like, well, I think you could put some of that narrative to rest. He knows that how important this World Cup is. He knows how important the World Cup is in general. Zach Steffen had his inside of a track as anyone yeah. from the, oh, yeah, he's Burhalter's guy, you know, line of thinking. And he doesn't get the call. So, but I just that whole line of, it's more what we had than what we don't have. Yeah, I don't I don't understand what that means. Vapid, by the way, offering nothing that is stimulating or challenging. So good job out of you. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's um, pretty magnificent. Uh, my whole thing on, on this situation, I, it's weird at best. Um, and then you go to Turner, who's been dealing with an injury, right? I mean, he's at Arsenal. He's not coming into this World Cup fully healthy. Yeah, I don't they even said Berhalter said when, we, when he gets in, show. we're going to have we're going to have to, you know, see where he is when he gets into camp. I don't. OK, now, maybe maybe he is playing the I'm trying to watch out for. I, I don't know. I'm really trying to wrap my head around this situation. You would think that if Zach Steph, if, if it's a if it's a thing where it's run on, if it's run on form, right, where you're just worried that Zach Steffen isn't going to be good enough 
to stop some shots, then okay, I understand that. Come out and say it's a run of form. We don't trust Zach heading into the World Cup. Last three games, he's been great, but over the course of the last two months, he's let in some goals that um, are not the best. Like, come out and say that. But the thing I don't understand, if Turner is not able to go... And then you have to rely on Ethan Horvath, Ethan Horvath or Sean Johnson, who have not given you big time minutes really at all through the last four years of qualifying. And then all the way up until this point, I, I just I would imagine that you would want somebody of Zach Steffen's caliber of player and shot stopper just to be there in case. Yeah. And maybe he knows that Zach wouldn't handle that being a backup keeper well but at the same time you dropped him well, from the squad so like how's he gonna handle that i don't know i don't know I, man yeah. it's it's odd and you know the other part i guess is maybe it's maybe a little bit of what you said there is like so if you're gonna go on pure talent it is clear he thinks matt turner is the most talented of all these goalkeepers yeah. right biggest ceiling got could be you know eventually could be in the realm of the greatest you know, goalkeepers we've ever had on the U.S. national team. I'm not saying that's accurate. I'm saying maybe that's where uh, Berhalter is, is that he's the most talented, has the highest ceiling, could be our guy for the next 12 years. Okay, fine. Horvath strikes me as the really talented, good player, but hasn't been battle-tested in the pressure situations at maybe as much, mm-hmm. right? Because he's playing at Lutontown. And, and I know, I'm trying to think of where else he played before, but I know he's like... Did he, was he the one who was at Club Bruges? Am I wrong? Club Bruges. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But but my point is, and those are big, I mean, those are big games that he played in. Clearly, he would have played in some Champions League games. But playing on the World Cup stage in all of these games, it's just another level. He was at Club Bruges. Good job. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, maybe it's the idea that he's just not seen as much of the pressure situation of the, like, this game, it has to happen or else. You know, and what do you have? So so maybe his is more of like, we think he's talented, but he's our clear backup, and he's not a guy who's as battle-tested. Sean Johnson is a guy who has played in MLS Cups. Like, that's not the same as playing in Champions League. Right. I'm not saying that. But Champions League also, it's if you're playing for Club Bruges, that's a, we're happy to be here. This is fun. Like, how cool is this? Right. Sean Johnson was playing in minutes where it was, you are the guy. You have to win this MLS Cup. You are expected to deliver this. And he did. He helped deliver an MLS Cup. So I could even see that being a situation where they say we're bringing in a guy who isn't as talented as these other two, but he's still great. And he's delivered that MLS cup. Like in Zach Steffen's in that world of Zach Steffen, if you're not the most talented guy and he doesn't feel like he is right now, it doesn't feel that Berhalter does think he's that guy. And then you're not the guy who's a clear number two. Cause then there's always this, like who's going to get to play kind of right. thing. That's weird. And then you've got a guy who's more of the I've been I've shown up big in big moments kind and of guy been hurt in a bad run of form. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I could see how maybe Berhalter gets there. But the whole like, it's more what we have than what we don't. I mean, just say your reason. I don't know. Anyway, so the rest of this, you kind it of sucks for Zach. It, it does, man. I feel for Zach Stephanie. He's one of my all time favorites to, to wear a crew uniform. I have big hopes for him with the U.S. national team. And I still do. I hope that he gets to four years from now have the redemption story and play a game in front of home fans in the U.S. And win like, a World Cup on home oh, soil. What a great thing that would be. Um, so we know that the defense, the center back pairings for this World Cup are difficult because of the fact that Miles Robinson went down with the Achilles tear yeah. way back in the spring for Atlanta United. 
And then Chris Richards from Crystal Palace just got the hamstring injury, and now uh, he's going to miss too. So that is not Tim great. Reem. For <sighs> hey, man, Pep Guardiola told him if you were 10 years younger, you'd be playing for me. <laughs> sure. He has played very well for Fulham. No denying that. Your guys. I did not. <laughs> one of my one of my many, those mm. guys. Uh, but I did not see that one coming. That was a little bit shocking to me that Tim Tim Ream gets in there. Do you think Greg goes, I know we'll do this more in our World yeah, Cup yeah, preview yeah. podcast, but do you think he goes with Tim Ream in the way that he's playing and one of the best defenders in the Premier League? Or do you think he think goes with Long? Because he loves he loves Long. I know. I, I think that one's going to – I feel like this is going to be something game to game. But one thing that Burhalter keeps talking about is how guys who play in England – like he brought this up with – Sergeant, because mm-hmm. Josh Sargent got included, which good. I know there's a lot of, again, a lot of Burhalter haters who thought he's not going to give Josh Sargent a chance. It's like, well, he did. Here he is. But Josh Sargent. Ricardo Pepe a chance. No, he did not. We're on that in a second. But Josh Sargent, his logic there was this is a guy who we're playing England and Wales. They have a lot of players that he's gone up against mm-hmm. on those teams being, you know, playing at North City, playing in the Premier League, playing the championship. So I feel like he's got a good chance to know that talent level he's going against. And I find that is a, that's an interesting bit of logic because yeah. to my, not that good for Josh Sargent. I think he can show up and have a monster tournament. I am thrilled to watch him if he gets a chance, right? I'm excited to see what he can do. But I think it's odd logic to say, well, England and Wales, that's what we've got to deal with. Okay. But you're hoping to get out of the group, and then but he said that all on the, that on the selection out. show last night, where he was asked straight up, like, "What do you like? What do you think about your team's chances? What are the expectations?" And he gave this very obtuse roundabout answer, where he's talking about, like, "Well, I've told you this, Taylor, before. It's two tournaments for us. It's the it's the group stage, and then it's the the knockout rounds. And if we manage to get through the group stage, then we're going to get to the knockout rounds." I'm like, "Thank you for explaining the World <laughs> Cup to me." Yeah, oh, I know, I know, but he's so he's basically tactics. I understand are different building, in the group stage. He's basically building a team that he's saying I think this team will fare well against players from England and Wales. And, yeah. and then after you get out of that, if that works, who the blank knows what happens? Well, yeah. Then then what? So like, do we have anybody on the roster that is going in the against French players regularly? Because what if you play France, like or whatever? Like I don't know. I don't even know if that's possible. I'm just forget. I'm not looking at the bracket. I'm just saying. Like, at some point, you have to bring the best talent. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Tim Ream or Josh Sargent are not those guys, but it seems like his logic a little bit is, what, do you play against England a lot? Do you play against guys from England a lot? Well, then. You play against the Iranian players a lot? Like Right. You also have to play them, too. And I don't know what, like, it's just so weird. I don't know. That's just odd logic to me. I don't understand it as much. Um, but then, you know, here's the last bit of surprises, and then we'll, we'll move on. Uh, you do have Haji Wright. Coming in, getting yep. selected as one of the last forward spots ahead of uh, Ricardo Pepe. He did not get the look. And that was a bit of a shocker given that Ricardo Pepe scored three goals in World Cup qualifying. Usually you get rewarded with a spot. And in this case, he doesn't. Hey, buddy. Thanks for the help. Yeah. See you in four years time. Whew. Now, Ricardo Pepe has been disappointing since his move. I mean, I will say that, but. Some, no, of, these, know, know, some but... of these players, wh- whatever the system that Greg tries to implement, and we all know his system very well, some of his players will shine in that system and other players struggle to adapt elsewhere. I mean, this is the way of the game and why it's so fascinating when we're going to get to this World Cup. And again, going to have a full U.S. men's national team breakdown next week where we can really uh, dive into this thing. 
Um, but yeah, you would just think a guy who helped you get to the World Cup would at least deserve a roster spot, right? Like yeah, would at least right. be able to get a roster spot. And unfortunately for him, that that hasn't that didn't happen. And then you selected Jordan Morris as well, which I, I right. If you're uh, again, like how Ricardo Pepe. Get, doesn't get the nod and Jordan Morris does. I'm not, I've never been a big Jordan Morris fan. I know people love this dude and they will like go to bat for this guy. And I think he's really good in like CONCACAF B team competitions. I do not think he is world cup standard. Please we might, make, we might not see the field. I don't please know. make me eat my, no, if he gets in though, like make me yeah. eat my words and just dominate something and show me that I'm wrong. But I, I don't understand it. I've never been a fan of his. So I'm glad for Haji Wright though, because he has been hot. And that was one of Haji those, right? Well, right. And that's one of those that I could see the burr, the burr haters out there saying, <laughs> saying, I'm not going to, you know, he's not going to pick someone like Haji, right? He doesn't have the balls to do that. It's like, well, he did take that. And you know who missed in the world cup Pepe because right, of it. Right. And then it's like, but Ricardo Pepe though, yeah, I know again, yeah, you guys jokes on you. That's such a weird one. Such a weird one. All right. I would say there's a lack of consistency in what Greg was deciding there. <laughs> That's just me. All right. Very quickly, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap this up with some quick crew talk about the coaching situation. That's next. You're listening to Bone Beam United, brought to you by Zaftik Italian Village. It defies description. Now back to Bone and Beam United. Brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. All right, so the latest on the Columbus Crew coaching search. So there's been a, a lot of uh, discussion about Wilfred Nancy, who is the Montreal head coach. Wilfred Zaha? No, not, not Wilfred Zaha, Wilfred Nancy. Um, but th so here's the thing. This guy is a coach of the year candidate in MLS, got a lot out of this Montreal group, uh, Club de Foot, Montreal, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I don't have a problem with him calling it that because they speak French there. That's well, I just like Clubfoot. Yes. I, I like Clubfoot is a weird I think it's a weird name to call your <laughs> soccer team, but whatever. Anyway, um, so that there has been a, a thing where he like clearly wants out. The crew have been linked to him, and it was all kind of odd. It was like, what is the why? reasoning? Why why would they want to let him go and why would he want to go from a situation where he clearly got a lot out of that team? Uh, the interesting part of this, and some of this backstory is coming from uh, an article published by Jeremy Fiosa uh, in Montreal, and also uh, Tony Marinaro, who is like a sports talk show there. Now, I am translating this article from French, so please excuse me if it is not exactly 100% accurate to the intention of the speakers who said this. TVA Sports <laughs> is where you can go to read this, tvasports.ca. Right. here's the go on there now. Here's the dispute that they say basically happened. Uh, Joey Saputo, who owns Montreal, I'm sorry, is the, what do they call that? The investor operator? Investor operator, right. yeah. He apparently, after a game back in the summer, went into the locker room and basically kind of got in Wilfred and Nancy's face a little bit about some aspect of the game or oh, some aspect boy. of the performance. All right, so we have an owner that is very intact with what is going on tactically. Well, and an owner who doesn't have a problem just letting you know, hey, I pay your salary. What's going on, buddy? You know, that kind of thing. Good guy. So this is what the this is what uh, Marinaro, the, the sports talk host, had to say about this article that said, you know, laid all this out and laid out this drama. He said, quote, for people who suspected it, Wilfred Nancy has left. 
He's going to Columbus with the crew. Montreal may be compensated in all of this. Um, and then he talks about how with this article that says, you know, that Saputo went down into the locker room and that's kind of where the relationship started to deteriorate. And the article, I believe, goes on to even say that, like, they were concerned that Nancy wouldn't finish out the season there. Ooh. He was so hot about the owner coming down and being in the locker room. In the playoffs. And, yeah, yeah, right. And this was this was uh, apparently this altercation or this whether it was verbal verbal altercation that happened between the two of them that soured the relationship beyond repair. Um, so this commentator in Montreal goes on. He says, "I know there are several people who don't like the owner coming into the locker room. My father my father comes from Italy, and the owner who comes into the locker room in Italy it happens four to five days a week. It's too easy to accuse Saputo of all wrongs when he goes to Bologna as he does." He seems like a pleasant accountant. When he does it in Montreal, he looks like an outcast. When it comes to soccer culture, maybe we should start to understand it. Mm. So he's basically saying, yeah, here that seems really bad. But in Italy, Joey Saputo, you know, has business there and a team there. Like, eh, this is done every day. This is no big deal. Maybe everybody should get over the fact that he did this. So it sounds like a little bit of them protecting the owner, the local journalist there, perhaps. Either way, the point is, well, for Nancy, very good coach in MLS knows how to get a lot out of a team in MLS, which is a good thing to look for when you're looking for a new head coach. Looks like he's on his way to the crew. I mean, it's not confirmed. It's not done. There, I know there were some crew fans that were saying, like, I bet he's signing today. I bet. He's... I don't know if that's happening quite yet. What but... are they going to be compensated with? I mean, is this like a Bez situation where you have to work out Tam and Gam? Or... There might be. I, I, I don't, don't know. I don't know how any of this works. Like, I know that there are head coaching trades, like in the NFL and NBA. You see that sometimes, but – I don't – what would be the compensation then going back to Montreal for a coach acquisition? It's it was, just, I mean, it's I'm, kind of it strange. Would probably be Montreal – Montreal. It would probably be financial. Yeah. Or perhaps there would be some allocation something or other. I don't know the allocation order as of currently. So I basically buying him out of his contract. Yeah, I would think so. Um, so, in either case, I had thought perhaps this was all hung up on the fact that MLS Cup, you know – was a thing and a lot of times they don't want to announce league stuff before MLS Cup but we're past that time to I mean I, I would have assumed something would be done by now because there's just an article I saw in Mass Report that said let's predict the crew's MLS expansion draft protected list yeah that's usually a thing that the coach is involved in selecting and right now you and don't have a coach you don't have a coach right so that's all on Tim Bezbachenko making those decisions and I know the scouting department as well and and they've got some players I'm sure they've identified saying we want to bring guys in, but when you think you wanted an idea of a new coach, like, Hey, who do you possibly want to be able who to do work you see with? that fits your system? Yeah, and exactly. maybe all that, I don't know what's allowed to happen when a guy is currently under contract for Montreal. Right. And I don't know how much, if you're the crew, you want to give that guy any insight. And then suddenly he changes his mind and says, nah, never mind. I'm going to coach Montreal. Oh, and by the way, I have all this internal working knowledge of how their team goes. I'm guessing the crew aren't doing that. Well, but... And then you'd have the tampering aspects too. Yes. All right? of that, what I would yeah. think be, would be bad. So what does this guy bring to the table? Um, I mean, as far as his, well, you know, from, I, I don't, I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. I try not to never lie on this podcast. I don't know. That's okay. no, I don't know a thing about this. If you guy. didn't watch a lot of Montreal this year, I want to say that they did play a little bit more of like a three, four, three style. Um, I saw, uh, we got a couple tweets from a guy, Paul, who, who listens to the show and I appreciated this. Um, but he is, he is someone who likes to get two attacking midfielders going into the, into the way this is with a three, four, three. So that's, that's something that I think would be great, but there is currently, I mean, you've said goodbye to Pedro Santos. 
You have no real answer at left back. There's no way you can play a 3-4-3 without it. I mean, you you need a wing back who can yeah. actually like wing. Yes, who can wing it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like that's gonna change this dynamic quite a bit. Um, I think that could be very fun to watch with, you know, ZZ boots up top. Yeah. Like, I think that could be yeah. good with those two guys. I mean, you've got some dudes who can make things happen, right? Well, so with Cucho Hernandez and and Zella Rayon, I don't know why I said ZZ boots because no longer here is uh, Jossie's artist. But yeah, <laughs> I was sorry. I was just in my own head for a second. But either way, the point being, yeah, this team for sure has potential if Zaha or if, you've got me doing it. You said Wilfred Zaha. <laughs> Wilfred Nancy comes yeah. in. Damn you. Good. Damn you. Anyway. Jossie's artist, Wilfred Zaha, <sighs> Zellerion. I'm just. I'm, all kinds of Zs. I'm all in the World Cup mode now, and I have to go back and re-access my crew brain. All right. So the bottom line here is this. Get this deal done for the head coach. Get Tuchel signed. Right. And then let's get this sorted out as far as the players, because you do need upgrades, and that has to happen. And I keep hearing from everyone that it's a really short offseason. It's like, well, yeah, it's a short offseason, I guess, because you have a whole month where the soccer world's going to shut down for the right. World Cup, and then everybody's going to wake up and go, oh, I don't like my team anymore, oh, or ouchie, I'm injured. Right. I mean, yeah. not that this is huge for the crew, because, I mean, I know he's a piece for the team, but... Milos Degnik is going to be playing in the World Cup for Australia. Right. Great for him that he got selected. I hope he doesn't. What if he has a season-long injury that comes out of this? You know, then the crew have to decide, oh, we need to go out and get someone for our defense. Right. We have to decide what we're doing there. And now we have to make that decision with a few weeks before the transfer window opens as opposed to, and the preseason starts for MLS. Yeah. It's going, and, then, and then there's going to be lots of other teams that are in that same boat who are going to have tons of injuries. Transfer market's going to cost more because there's going to be... <laughs> A lot of teams in desperate need in the middle of their season, not like an off-season transfer window with Plus the World Bez Cup. for Woo! what he's about to this have is, to do. This is going to be hot. All right, that's it for us. Last regular podcast we're doing for a while. The rest wow. of this will be all World Cup for the next uh, couple of, well, like four weeks, I guess. We're going to be doing all kinds of stuff with that. Uh, so thank you for listening this year. It's been a great year for us, and uh, we look forward to talking to you about the World Cup. We'll see you soon, and uh, thanks again for listening to Bone & Beam United.